Welcome to episode number 56. It's Fonger News of the Student Manager. And joining me, I'm just thrilled to have Sierra San Roman, the Colby College Mules goalie, who I've known since Holy Family, fifth or sixth grade, when you were my star basketball player. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those days. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before we get into it, was there one thing at, at Holy Family when I was coaching you in basketball? Because I knew you were a hockey player and your dad, Carlos, would always pick you up. And, and I'm like, oh, Sierra has to leave. She has to go to practice. She has to go to practice. What was the one thing, if there's anything that you took away f- from me coaching you? Oh, I think that was really the first time I played any sport besides hockey. And so I think it was you know, good to just get a new experience, meet new people, play school sport. They didn't obviously have hockey as an elementary school sport. Um, But yeah, no, it was definitely my first experience of doing something that wasn't ice hockey. And I I always remember I said, Sierra, you're athletic. Just be athletic. Just do what you do. And and that was just, gosh, that was so long ago. Now you are a senior out in Waterville, Maine. And this is going to be a great podcast because we're going to be talking about First of all, Colby College is a phenomenal small liberal arts school, academically strong, and you're a student athlete. You're back-to-back now. We've had student athletes on our podcast. Last week, we had UCLA's uh, Kelsey Campo and Jake Kyman, and now you are the goalie, which is a whole... We could talk about goalies in itself because you guys are a breed of your own. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But Colby College, and obviously the goal for... Uh, the student manager is to get on Barstool Sports, and Erica Nardini went to Colby College. You know that, right? Oh, yes. Big, it, big thing at Colby. Everyone loves to talk about how they're like, oh, yeah, Barstool, that's Colby. <laughs> right, right. So let's go into it right away. Why Colby College coming out of New Hampton Prep School? Um. So Colby, originally, I had never even heard of what a NESCAC school was until my senior fall um uh the coach at colby reached out to my coach and was like hey we need a goalie um we want sierra and at that point just where i was in my like recruiting figuring out where i was going to go to college journey i wasn't really sure if i was even going to go to college for hockey anymore at that point okay and um she reached out uh, we had a fall break from school. My dad came out, we went, we visited the school and I walked around, loved it, went back again myself, did an overnight, was like, yep, this is this is where I want to be. And then I uh, applied and ended up going there. And it's great to know that because as a student and a student athlete, I tell students all the time, Go visit the college campus more than once. So you walk onto the campus with Carlos, your dad, Waterville, Maine, right? And I've been to Maine. I've been to Portland. I've been to Scarborough and Lewiston. And it's it's beautiful in August, September. So when did you go? So Fall? I went on in October on an extremely, extremely windy day. I just remember leaves everywhere blowing. We kept driving more and more north and it just kept getting windier and windier. And Colby College is only around 2,000 students. Yeah, so it's not not that big. College, I've never been stepped foot on campus, Mm -hmm. but overlooking at it on YouTube, the videos, and I can see the quad area. What stood out? What drew your attention to Colby? Um, I mean, the campus is just gorgeous. Like, the buildings, like, 
they all they have a nice flow and the library that's like the iconic building miller library miller library right and so just like i just remember on my visit um is me my dad and the head coach um holly she took us around and at one point we just stopped like right in front of the library and just like you just stand there and you like look out and you're able to see like all the other academic buildings on both sides of you like nice view on the of the hill and oh i that was just like a gorgeous gorgeous and coming from a catholic education holy family and then you went to Servite, and then to new hampton the lorimer is it the lorimer chapel yeah how how is that is that one of the iconic um i would say it's not used as often um it's where we do have like uh commencement i think which like graduations right? commence yeah graduation and what the, the whatever is the what's the one that starts at the beginning of the year the uh, it, uh, I, <laughs> I'm forgetting the, 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 the big the, fancy name for it. Like a, a not an initiation, but the preview or the yeah, introduction. It's, yeah, and... it's the like all the freshmen walk out okay. and like go to it um, at, right at the beginning of the year. Um, so all of our stuff is like kind of in front of that building, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's not as central as Miller Library. Miller is like the building like if you're trying to find colby because you can actually see the top of the library from almost anywhere really? in the city okay so speaking of that because i believe you're a computer science major yes right and obviously academics are very strong at colby which we'll get into for those of you that are listening the followers like colby is the mini harvard correct no joke like the mini harvard you got to be smart to get in and we'll get in to see what your grades were but at miller library how often are you at miller library be honest. Really, not that much. I, if I'm doing homework, uh, I'm yeah. I'm one of my majors is computer science, and so if I'm doing that work, I'm in the computer science building. Um, with you know, that's kind of where all the computer science people are. Can help each other. Um, professors are there, so that's usually the spot where I'm going to do my my homework. And you have a minor, correct? Yes. In. So, okay, so I'm majoring in computer science as well as education, and then I'm minoring in science, technology, and society. Uh, listeners, did you hear that? I mean, Sierra, I've known her. She was smarty pants as a young kid. Not only, that's why student comes before athlete, right? So let's talk about the class ratios because at a small SLA, SLA, for those of you listening, small liberal arts, right? What's the ratio? Like in your class, how many students are in a class? Um, let's see. I think the biggest class I had was like my freshman year. I took like just like intro to psychology and intro to bio. And I think those were probably like 50 at the max. And okay. then I've had classes all the way down to two people. Sweet. With like, yeah, two people and a professor. So as obviously like the freshman year ones are a little bit bigger um, just because they're all intro levels. But then as soon as you get out of these intro levels, I think usually around like no more than 20, usually around like 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. so. And obviously to get in, it, it, it's hard. So let's talk about when you were at New Hampton, right? Do you remember, I mean, you're a senior now, but your ACT score, how many times, what was your score and how many times did you take it? Um, well, this was a big debate <laughs> in my family. Um, so 
I ended up going with the SAT. Okay. And it was, I got like, I think around a 1400. 14. <laughs> and um, I took it once and my mom was like, oh, well, you know, the school offers like this program where they bring in like tutors if you want. And so my mom was like, let's try and see if you can do your reading. My math was perfectly fine. Like that's always been my thing. And my reading's kind of just, she's like, let's see if we can get a tutor and like for like, two weeks and see if you can take it again and improve your score got a tutor my score actually went down in reading and went even further up in math <laughs> um so but yeah so just so you only took it once i took it i ended up taking it twice i took it once i could have left that score but my mom was like let's see if we can improve your reading and my reading actually went down so and, and sierra you know sometimes <laughs> for, and we i tell this to my listeners and students and parents you might be a better fit for the sat than the ACT, right? Like yeah. your sister, Allison, who's at TCU, yeah. she, great reader, because I remember her reading with yeah. my daughter, Sophia, all the time. She might be better fit for the ACT. Yeah, we right? did. I think we did practice at school and the ACT was too much reading. It was a lot harder for me. The SAT was definitely more. So unweighted GPA at New Hampton to get into Colby? Uh, 375. That was your unweighted? Yeah. Okay. Your rigor, how was the AP classes or honors? Um, so they don't really offer AP at New Hampton. They offer IB, so that's International In, Baccalaureate. Yep. Um, and so I was a full IB student, got my diploma. Um, and so, yeah, I did all of those classes to get that. All right, here's the tough question I love asking student athletes. And be honest here. If you were not a hockey player, would you have gotten into Colby? I don't know. I I would like to think so. Um, probably not now because it's gotten a lot more competitive just within the past four years. I think if I was applying the year I was, I think I that there's a very good chance, especially because I also had a distinguishment as a national Hispanic scholar, and they're really trying to increase diversity. Um, so I think that might have helped a lot too. Um, so I think then, but probably if I were to try and go to Colby now, I'd probably have to study a lot more for my SATs. <laughs> so those of you out there that want to go to a SLA, it, it wouldn't hurt to be a student athlete, no, right? No. Uh, and let's focus on that because you said you had some diversity, right? Um, that being playing a part in there, was that, did you write that in your essay or, do, or, or, or how did you use that? to your advantage um i mean when i was meeting with my coach and she like asked kind of like my academic background and everything and i gave her my stuff and told her i was like oh yeah like i just i have this as well and she was like wait you're hispanic wait and let's I, use that <laughs> and she was like <laughs> she's like the school's always trying to look for diversity. diversity especially in like sports where it's not really as prevalent like ice hockey um and so, I mean, I just checked the boxes on my thing and submitted my like little form that said I had received that um, acknowledgement and yeah. So, and I asked this last week to the student athletes that had on the podcast, was there a little leniency, right? Coach Holly having the hockey team there at Colby, did she say, Sierra, you have to have at least a minimum, like to get, in the, to get into Colby, 
you need like a 3334 on the ACT, which 1400 on the SAT is equivalent to like 3233, if not 34. But did she say, hey, you at least need a minimum of maybe 1250, 1300 on the SAT and maybe X on the ACT? Um, I had already finished taking my SATs and stuff by the time I had applied. I did all of those my junior year. Um, and had she said, like, I needed to get my score higher, then, yeah, I'd retake it. But she was like, oh, your score's perfect. Like, you're you're good on that front. Um, but, I mean, I know from other students and, like, being around other student athletes, especially at New Hampton, how many times, like, they had schools set benchmarks for them and they had to just keep retaking and retaking to get to that point so they could go to those schools. How was New Hampton? Oh, I loved it. I genuinely, oh, it was, I think it really, it really changed my life, like, in okay. all aspects. So let's go in this route, <laughs> because you were at Servite High School, right up the road, for two years. You were playing hockey on the boys' hockey team, and knowing your mom and knowing your dad, Carlos, you guys were gone every single weekend, <laughs> and he, I, I think he would tell me she, she's probably going to go to a prep school, so... When you were at Servite, you knew you were going to go to a prep school your junior and senior year? Well, okay. So I actually, obviously, I didn't go to Servite because it's an all-boys school. But so I went to Troy my freshman year, and then I transferred to Rosary my sophomore year. Just part of that was because they were changing the rules around ice hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to stay with that same team. And also just um, the whole... I guess, um, culture of, I was in the tech and IB program at Troy and I ended up looking, I was down to between Troy and Rosary when I was originally looking at high schools. And then I don't think at the time I placed enough emphasis on like the culture and like, you didn't really get an experience where like you could go shadow for a day at Troy or something. Um, whereas I did at Rosary. And so I went there and then, yeah, so I played for survey my freshman, sophomore year. And within my sophomore year, it was just like, I think I missed close to like 30 days of school because I had to keep going to the East Coast in yeah. Canada at like every weekend with like my girls team so I could try and get recruited because there's just scouts don't come to California. They don't really come to the West Coast looking for female hockey players. Um, the men's game's grown a lot and now more and more scouts are coming and you see a lot of guys going up through the ranks. Like some of the teammates I used to play with are drafted now, like going to start their NHL careers shortly. And so... Um, it was just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that beneficial to be missing 30 days of school. And whereas I could go to prep school and play not only club hockey in the fall, but also Mm -hmm. high school hockey for my team at a place that they short, they have games on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And that's the same for most sports. School is shorter on Wednesdays. So you don't miss class too. So you can go to your games. Got it. Um, so it really like schools, they focus on not missing school for your ac- ath- academics and athletics. And then they like, yeah, I don't think but, I missed a day of but school. Was, is New Hampton known for hockey prep for boys and girls or overall just a boarding school academically to help get into colleges? Um, so I'd say New Hampton, there's kind of, I guess you'd say Wait, stop. Where, where is New Hampton? <laughs> New Hampton is in New Hampton, New Hampshire. I was gonna. Say, okay. <laughs> um, it's a small school. There's, I think, three hundred and ten kids in the whole school, um, and so I'd say the school's kind of broken up into three groups. There's 
your athletes. So there's a lot of, about a third of school is just athletes that go there for um, trying to get that academic and athletic balance. Um, and then there's actually about a third of the school was international students. Um, so a lot of students coming, wanting to do like kind of study abroad in America for high school. Um, so meeting those people was like super cool. Like I have friends all over the world now. And then there's just the third, the last third was just like regular high school students that wanted to go to boarding school. Um, so it was like an interesting mix, but definitely like hockey. Like I was recruited to go to New Hampton and I was actually recruited to go my sophomore year and I begged, but my parents were like, let's wait till you're 16 to, you know, send you across the country by yourself. And so then I like kind of knew my sophomore year that that was my plan. And as the year went um, on and on and just the way hockey and school were going, I was like, yeah, no, like that's going to be my path. So anyone out there listening, parents or students that are even thinking about going to boarding school, you said it changed your life. Why? Um, well, well, I mean, looking back on it and my think me and my parents, like if we had to do it again, I would want to go all four years, if not at least three. Hmm. Why? Um, and it, it depends on the school too, but just New Hampton's a small really small school you live in dorms with dorm parents who also are your teachers and your coaches like I lived in a dorm with my hockey coach him and his family lived attached to my dorm um uh, you get a sense of like independence without you know having free range like you do in college um it was also especially from California was like I feel like the first time in my life where I felt that my academics and athletics were equally supported um like from like teachers and administration and um yeah i mean i think it really helped me grow into becoming a more independent person and um just figuring out also how to balance and like live away with home but you still have like these kind of live-in parents who aren't your biological parents but they're still there to like help you with things, guide you through things, you know, take you to Walmart if you need to, you know, go get some shampoo, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I think it really. Did it the transition now to Colby, you probably were a lot more mature, right? The easier transition coming from a prep school going to Colby. Um, or no? I mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd say if based on where, how I was and where I was like, yeah, that process really helped me mature a lot. Um, I mean, you have to figure out things like, yeah, like, oh, I need to sign up to go on the bus to Walmart this weekend because I'm going to run out of shampoo and conditioner. When, like, if you're living at home, you're like, oh, mom and dad, can you just, like, put this on your grocery list? Can you do this and that? And you also get the experience of, like, living in a dorm, starting to live with people. Um, my freshman year at Colby, I lived in a one-room triple. Okay. Um, so, but, and both my roommates had never gone to boarding school. And so moving in, like... Before moving in, they had asked me, like, do we need this? Do we need this? And, like, kind of just having that little bit of experience You've beforehand. been there before. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I, we don't need this. This is really not necessary. Oh, we definitely need, like, this in our dorm. Um, so, yeah. so how was Colby? How are the dorms there? Do the student athletes live with each other? Are you separated with other students? Um, so freshman year, when you come in, the school pairs you. So you fill out this whole big, like, 
online form survey thing, fill out all your preferences. Um, and then they traditionally, you don't usually get paired with someone on your team your first year. Um, and then after that, there goes into this whole process of room draw. Room draw is a whole beast within itself. Ask anyone at Colby and they'll tell you it's the most stressful time of the year and everyone's name just gets put in a generator. Um, it's by grade and it's you got the top list and your pick time and you have that minute to pick and you got to figure out what rooms open, who you want to live with and where you want to live. Um, there are some dorms that are limited. Um, like this year I'm living in the downtown apartments, which are new. They're only, I think, three years old. Um, so those have completely separate applications. Those ones you have to be an upperclassman to apply. There's senior apartments on campus, um, those separate thing. But um, and then the dorms. Yeah, it definitely I wouldn't say, you know, this, the most, you know, state of the art, have your own bathroom and everything. But I mean, they get the job done. Um, as you progress in your um, Colby experience, your dorm usually tends to get better as you. But you have move to on. stay there your freshman, sophomore year, you, and then you can move, apply to like a junior or senior. Yeah, um, but everyone lives in campus housing. Okay. So that's well, one thing. Let's let's face it. Let's talk about Waterville. It, it, I, I was reading Niche. And just uh, what's good about Colby, what's not. And they said, you know, the town, Waterville, it's sell me on Waterville. Are, are, are students and parents going to love Waterville? It grows on you. It really, really does. I When I first went there for me from New Hampton, Waterville seemed amazing. New Hampton was literally the middle of nowhere. The closest Walmart McDonald's was a 15, 20 minute drive each way. The only thing off our exit was our school, a Dunkin' Donuts and a gas station. So I got to Waterville and I was like, Oh, this isn't like overwhelming. Um, it's a small town, but they are also the downtown area, especially now that I live there. Um, they're really trying to revamp a lot of it. They've gotten some new restaurants, some new bars. Um, but it's definitely like from the time I was there as a freshman, I would say I really didn't go downtown and out into Waterville that much. And now that I live there, I, me and my friends, like we'll walk and try new restaurants every every week. So normally I get into this at the end of the podcast, but this is a great transition. I like to do just rapid fire questions. So let's talk about if Carlos and Ann are in town, where are you telling mom and dad to take you to for dinner? Oh, Lion's Den. Lion's Den. Why Lion's Den? Oh, it's brand new uh, this year. Um, they have really good food, um, fish and chips, unbelievable. Um their um, alcohol selection also pretty good and they also if you go in the spring and summer when it's warmer they have actually really cool outdoor seating um where you can if you're waiting for a table you can play some cornel um they have live music all the time um we went there a lot um in the fall just like with my team um did a lot of birthdays there it's yeah lion's den all right, let's go into your senior. You're over 21. Let's talk about the bar scene. Where, where are we going bar hopping, and what night are we going bar hopping? Um, so in a normal year, uh, bar nights are usually Thursday. Um, fortunately, we don't have official bar nights this year just because of COVID. Um, but uh, I'd say they each week this kind of some of the school like they have 
a deal with like kind of the bars and it just switch rotate between different bars every thursday like this is the bar for bar night tonight this is it what are the top top ones i'd say the top ones probably cancun cancun what what's your drink of choice there Whatever, whatever Hector's making. Hector is is Hector a good bartender? <laughs> Hector's actually the owner. Hector's the owner, <laughs> and he uh, sometimes when he is a big Colby hockey fan, um, so he'll you know open up for us, especially when it, we'll have parents weekends or alumni weekends. So if you can get Hector behind the bar, whatever Hector's serving. Shoot, I like that. We gotta give Hector more pub. Maybe he should come on this podcast and start pumping it up a little bit, right? All right, so late night munchies, right? You might be out with your friends and you guys went to Hector's and our Hector's been serving you at Cancun's. Where are we going late night munchies? Um, if you're on campus, you gotta go to the spa and you gotta get your quesadilla. And you can do that odd late hours? Yeah, they... Um, weekends they'll stay open till like one two at the spa and we'll have a deal um, it's either usually quesadillas or chicken tenders and it's like two dollar dillas and you can just go up get your dilla and continue your night early morning hungover where are we having breakfast see now that I live in an apartment I kind of just um, one of my roommates will make homemade pancakes from scratch every sunday morning that's a good one or if i'm not really feeling the pancakes uh we'll make just like some egg scrambles like put some veggies and cheese in it um and yeah okay besides the dillas what's your favorite place to eat on campus dana dana what's dana dana's a dining hall okay i'd say i'd say probably the most popular dining hall it's always a debate if it, the better dining hall is Dana or Bob's. Um, Foss is the other dining hall. It's more Foss is more toward geared towards like vegetarian vegan options, um, and also has some strange hours. Um, Dana's the go-to. Dana's also usually the one that's open later night. So if you're getting out of practice late, that's usually like what's open. Um, but yeah, Dana. So let's talk about Colby has. 2000 students i think you have you have a football team i mean it's not a big college football school basketball school let's talk about the social life um we can start with sports we can talk greek life i don't i, I tried to look it up do you is there even greek life there um it's banned <laughs> it's banned do you know why it's banned um not exactly but there's been this whole since my time at Colby, there's been a whole, like, people trying to have underground frats and then it getting shut down and this and that. This The past two years, it hasn't really been even brought up. You hardly even hear of frats anymore. Um, but the college stopped doing frats a good while ago. Okay. So everybody's jeeds. We call them goddamn individuals, <laughs> right? So tell me about the social life, the partying aspect at Colby. Um... I say again, it's hard because it's not a typical year, but... Um, well, you and you've had three yeah, years prior, so yeah. let's go off of that. Um, so I'd say typically, you know, like athletes, like sports teams. It's a lot of sports teams. Um, we'll have parties. Um, we, we like to call them mixers. Um, so it's usually your team and another team. Okay. And you'll like get together and do something for like probably like an hour and a half, two hours. And then we'll do like open up, like so open up the apartments and then anyone can come anywhere and all the inner apartments will just like intermix and 
all that stuff but it's usually at the senior apartments on campus and and that is when i was at long beach state the student manager of our, our team some people weren't in fraternities and sororities but that was their fraternity right that was their family so when you're saying mixers that sounds that, that's your own little community yeah you can make your own community you know over there at colby uh question and we'll get into what i was about to just ask you but i'm going to go back to Hector and Cancun, is there any places that are very lenient, like with fake IDs? Because I'm sure freshmen are coming in with fake IDs. Are uh, do they do they allow that? Is it strict in Waterville? Um, I'd say it really depends on where you go. Um, for us, our go-to um, because we used to go to oh, I can't even forget the name where we went freshman year. It was like a sports bar. It got unfortunately got shut down. Um, because they're probably serving minors. But, I mean, well, we like, especially when we do like alumni or parents okay. weekend, um, some of the like older girls will call ahead. And so usually what they'll do is if you're going to be an underage, they'll just like mark you. Um, but I wouldn't say if you're the bar scene at Colby really isn't too big. Um, most just because um, the school is pretty lenient about like the senior apartments on campus. Got it. Um, that's where most people go. Like I, there's, I've never had a need for a fake ID. Most people don't. It's not really, it's kind of like if you go to a bar night and you're under 21, everyone's kind of like, why? Like, why are it, you it, here? It's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like to see freshmen at that. It's not really, you you're know. doing your own thing. Yeah. Right. So being a student athlete, are you getting, uh, at a D3 school, uh, are you getting tutoring? Is there like that resource there like maybe I had at Long Beach State uh, for the D1 sports? Um, so Colby offers a bunch of resources and it's not just for athletes, it's for all students. Um, like I wouldn't say there's a specific like, oh, you're on the hockey team, here's your tutor. Um, it's more about reaching out um, so I, freshman year, I was, when I went in freshman year, I thought I was going to be biology and pre-med and like was doing that. I was not really having, you know, the best time with it, um, trying to figure out like a little bit more balancing act. And so what you do is as a student athlete, each, ath um, each team has an academic advisor, um, that kind of oversees. So when you come in, you're they that person is your advisor so tim hubbard was my advisor when i came in and then i started like having a little bit of struggling i was i got put in this like really hard philosophy class i i never taken philosophy not a big fan of reading so he helped me navigate that process and then through that he also set me up with a learning consultant which is they have these people come in who are from outside of colby i still meet with them once a week and it's just to like help me like structure the, um, everything I need to do, figure out when in the week I'm going to do it around practice times and working through that and also getting resources that I might not necessarily like know about. Um, but Colby also does have like a lot of peer tutoring um, programs. I actually was a peer tutor for some computer science courses. Probably um, a tutor for your teammates too, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely sometimes. <laughs> does, Holly, does Coach Holly say, hey, Sierra, I need your help. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's definitely happened. She's like, can you please just make sure they pass? Like, let's like, they keep need them to be el eligible. Keep them eligible. And that's, so that's, you know. How is playing for Coach Holly? Um, what do you like? Good. What do you not like? Um, let's see. Ooh, 
And she'll probably listen to this. Hopefully, Erica <laughs> listens to this. Um, ooh, Holly. So, well, I mean, what I really appreciate, and I'd say a lot of my teammates would agree, is that she takes really the time to get to know you as a person. We do a lot of personality training and, like, working to understand each other's personalities and personality strengths, what makes each other feel comfortable. And she's also always there, like, if you ever need um, something that's not hockey related, like, if you are, like, we're having trouble with housing and trying to move people into empty rooms, she's like, okay, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to find someone who does. Like, so she'll always be there to help you navigate things that are and aren't hockey related. What's the one thing from Coach Holly that you'll take away for the rest of your life? Oh, gosh. I think her saying, don't be a wet tissue. <laughs> That's, I have a sign of it in my room. And what's her definition of a wet tissue? Um, that just means you're playing really bad. You're socky like a wet tissue on the floor, ripping up. You're not, <laughs> not strong. You're not doing, doing your job. You're just, well, how good is a wet tissue? What's a wet tissue going to do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So let's get into Colby hockey. I think your freshman, you were MVP and rookie of the year. I think you won, you started all the games and won. Yeah. Okay. And then tell me about how the injuries came about. Um, okay. So yeah, so freshman year um, was really the first transition year. It was actually technically Holly's first year as a head coach. Before that, she was the interim coach because they had a sudden uh, coach quit. And so she hopped right in. So my class is actually her first recruiting class. And so we came in freshman year to a program that didn't win any NESCAC games the year before. They like won their very last two games at the end of the season. Like, And so it was that freshman that first year was definitely hard um it was a lot i was playing usually two games hard games every weekend facing anywhere between 80 to 100 shots a weekend um trying to keep my team in it and that was when my first my first left hip started to go bad um saw a doctor they did some x-rays like all right well so it's not that it's not you know you know, you, you can still do stuff and they're like, but it's just, you, you can't like this pace that you're going at practicing every day and then playing two hard games on the weekend, one day off. So we had to transition kind of for the rest of that year to a smaller program where I would take Monday off. The Tuesday would be a non-league game. So one of the other goalies would play that. And then I'd practice hard Wednesday, Thursday, and then go out and play Friday, Saturday, just so I could get the rest I needed. So then I could be the best for my team, which at the beginning, like, and it's still, every time that I wasn't on practice, at practice, like, it sucked, like, I just wanted to be out there, but, like, I knew that if I practiced, it was just gonna hurt more, and I wasn't gonna be able to be the best Rest for my team. is the key. Yeah, but it just, like, everyone's like, oh, you're, like, sometimes they're like, oh, you're lucky, like, it was a bag skate today, like, if, especially if we didn't have a Tuesday game, Mondays would be the hard days, and I'd be like, no, like, I, it's, like, sucks, like, to sit in the stands and watch your team practice, like, I just want to be out there. <laughs> That's the competitor in you. So, Sierra, what's the fastest hockey shot you've ever faced? Oh, I have no idea. Usually when I'm home in the summer, I'll skate with some guys, um, and I've skated with some guys that are, like, in the Swedish Elite League, they shoot hard like, like they over 100 i i wouldn't say probably not over 100 they're not taking like slap shots trying to shoot as hard as they can but i mean i have my full chest protector it's like the senior size like you know the and 
I'll get bruises through my chest protector. And I'm like, but I stopped it and it like hit. And so those, those guys can shoot hard. Have you ever gotten the wind knocked out of you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like you guys are crazy. I've always said mm-hmm. now, Joshua, you know, my youngest, mm-hmm. he played hockey, right? He doesn't do hockey anymore, but we always looked at the goalies and I said, those goalies, you, you have to there's something wired to them. You guys are insane because why would you put a mask on and just go face all those shots? So why do you do it? Uh, I love it. I, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it started just because I made a travel boys team as a forward and they didn't have a goalie. And the coach was like, Oh, I remember when you played like a house league game, you did really good. And so can you just be our goalie till we find one? They never found one. And I played that whole season as a goalie and then I kind of just got hooked. And like, sometimes like, you know, some, now that I'm primarily goalie, sometimes it's fun to, you know, throw some skates on and go skate around with my teammates and like try and, you know, go sh- shoot, shoot some pucks around. But it's, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I love it. Like, I don't know what I find about getting hit with things like so pleasing and so exciting, but it, <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Here's another question. Everyone watching it at a younger age. Okay. So all the chipping, all the talking shit, right? Like fights, like has Colby college, you guys getting scuffles? Oh, definitely. Especially because we're playing the same team back to back every weekend. Um, it's kind of like if the NHL now, how they're talking about, oh, there's game one, then two days later it's game two, how big the video coaches are and how like all that tension builds up. That's what we're doing every weekend in the Women's NESCAC League is every weekend you play the same team Friday and Saturday. So by that time you get to Saturday, it's you lost the day before you or you won, you're like you're you're gunning for the other team like you i'd say definitely those saturday games end up being a lot chippier because you already know your opponent they said something to you the day before oh you're gonna shove it right back in their face that saturday so what what's been the best fight of colby college oh, i don't i wouldn't say i don't think we've had any really big ones just because the league is kind of strict and like there have been suspensions before and you know you don't want to do something dumb that gets you and your team um, in a position to be hurting the next weekend when league games are so important and those mm-hmm. points are so important. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't really say there's been like any big brawls that have happened. There's definitely been some, you know, scuffles in and around. Have you, know. you ever left the net and thrown your gloves off? No, I have not. Okay. So here's, a, <laughs> I wanted to find out that one. Here's a question to ask. Okay. So when you get people jam, you know, crash into you and check you, who, Who's sticking up for you? And then do you, part, do you, like, are you getting up wanting to give a little piece of them too? Oh, I'd say, And do yeah. a throw a chip shot or like try and, what do you, you know, do? You know, the blocker. The blocker's the goalie's best friend. Someone, someone's coming in trying to hit my hands after I, like, I don't even <laughs> care you just trying to hit my hand. I f- don't even realize it hurts at the moment. I'm getting up with my blocker. Like, I am ready to go. But um, I'd say, like, our defense, the defensemen are really good, um, making sure, you know, get clear out people in front make sure they're not you know hitting the goalie doing anything too bad so you've mentioned the NESAC it's New England small college athletic conference what's your favorite road trip your favorite college campus you've been on that maybe we can talk to our followers and listeners about besides Colby because we're selling Colby (laughs) here but what else what other um let's see I mean I'd say our favorite road trip just as a team love going to con just because when we st- go we stay at the this hotel and they have 
in Mystic and they have a buffet that is like the best pre-game like brunch ever. Um, what are you eating? Oh, they have like really good eggs. They have bacon, bagels, juice. Like it's like just everything you could possibly want. Um, so Mystic Buffet is definitely a big one on my team. Um, let's see, campuses. Campuses is kind of hard just because a lot of the schools, their rinks are not really central. Like when we we're going to the school, like we're not going to go on a visit, go tour. Right. We're on our coach calls it. We're on we're a on business a business trip. trip. Yep. And so it's to the rink, to the hotel, to the rink, home. Um, but I'd say. I've spent a decent amount of time at both Bowdoin and Amherst, um, both gorgeous. Um, I think Bowdoin probably has one of the nicest rink, nicer rinks in our um, division. I'd say, especially with our new athletic center, it'd probably be Bowdoin, Colby, and Middlebury. I would say have three of the nicer rinks. facilities. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Alphont rink. Right, it seats about seventeen hundred. All right. What do you like playing in there? And I believe there is the new rec center because I think you just got a big donation that's going to be called the O'Neill O'Donnell former um, forum. Yeah. Right. So is this being built? I, I see where the lower campus, where all the facilities are and they it's on kind of the other side. Yeah. Is that where the new forum is going to be built? Yeah. So it's actually built already. Oh, so okay. we played in it this year. Um, we they named it during the second one of our inner scratch scrimmages um so yeah so the old rink was i loved it um i've always kind of been a fan of more like the smaller rinks not really the whole big stadium feel more like close um just because like i feel like that especially if we're out of small school where we're not necessarily you know getting thousands and thousands of fans having the fans be so close um, was really good experience. Um, the new rink, unfortunately, we haven't, you know, played an official game in it yet, but we have had some good inner squad scrimmages just with our team and also incorporating the men's team as well. Um, so those have been fun. We've, they've allowed students to come to watch those games. So it's like, we've got a little taste, but not really what it's like to have a full game in there yet. How's your locker room? Oh, our new locker room is so nice. It's so big. There's like, we even have like a dry stall area and then the actual locker room and then a whole another room just for our sticks that like leads right out onto the ice. Oh, it is beautiful. And the fact that we no longer have to share our locker room with other sports teams um, is amazing. Now, are you finding yourself doing a lot of homework there and hang, just hanging out with the girls? Oh, yeah. The new AC is definitely the hangout spot there's a nice little classroom that overlooks the ice rink um so you'll usually find lots of hockey players in there any time of the day doing homework um sometimes just you know do homework in the locker room um it's the aci if i'm not um at my apartment in class that's where i am it's those three places are pretty much where my, my rotation at school so what advice recommendation do you have for students uh student student athletes looking at a small liberal arts school or not even a small liberal arts school, just college in itself, the process that you went through? Um, I'd say make sure you keep your options open and don't get so focused on just one option being like, this is, this is where I'm going to go. 
Um, that kind of happened, unfortunately happened to me where I thought I had a school that I was going to. So I kind of stopped lurking for a little bit and then just stuff happened. And, um, then I was like in a little bit of panic mode. I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to go to school. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to have the opportunity to play hockey in college anymore. So just really keeping everything open and not getting so narrow minded. If you had to do everything all over again, what would you do differently? Uh, I'd go to... New Hampton for four years. And we could tell Anne and Carlos that. What about to parents, right? Your dad's been involved with your athletic career ever since I've known you, fourth, fifth grade. Um, what advice do you have for parents that have a student athlete and going through this process? Um, I'd really say listening to your kid that was one of our bigger there's lots of lots of arguments over where i was gonna go to school um and what i should be doing and um especially like after visiting places schools that like originally like i thought i would like or my parents thought i would like i was like absolutely not i don't want to go there and they're like oh still apply and i'm like why would i apply to a school that i don't want to go to um, even if I got in, I'm, I wouldn't want to go there. Like, um, so really just taking that time to listen and especially this process. And I think it also helped once I went to New Hampton, cause I was so thankful that I had one of the best college counselors on the face of the planet. She was awesome. Um, just that little bit of separation, like that's kind of your first really big major decision. Like, New for going to boarding school like that was a pretty big decision but I feel like college is really like your first kind of big decision almost as an adult if you're not already an adult at that time that like when you when you're younger you don't really get to pick where you go to school necessarily or like you know once you get to college it's like you can go like if you have the opportunity to go anywhere in the United States or abroad or something does Colby offer abroad yes and obviously with hockey, you're not going abroad. But no. if you weren't playing hockey, would you go abroad? Yes, definitely. Um, I've known so many of my friends that have done it, upperclassmen that have done it, um, people that they offer even a first year of their fall. They have um, a program that they actually start their freshman fall abroad. Um, so if I... If I wasn't playing hockey, I definitely would have taken that experience a lot. Majority of Colby students, their junior year will go abroad if they're not winter athletes. Are you coming back next year? Um, to Colby? <laughs> because I think the NCAA with COVID. Now, I don't know if it's for D3, but are you looking to have another extra year or maybe even grad school and playing a D1? Um, so, yeah. So, I... Will be graduating for Colby in the May in May, so I will not be um, returning next year to Colby. But I am currently in the process of looking at grad schools. If I'm gonna play, that's uh, it's I don't know. I've kind of in most ways I've accepted it's okay if I don't play again. Um, it just really sucks that I didn't you know get this finish that I thought I was gonna get. But if the opportunity were to arise at a grad school where I could play. I would definitely take it, but I'm also most of the grad schools. I'm all the grad schools I'm looking at have D1 women's hockey programs, and if 
playing there is not a possibility like I'm definitely going to try and do something in hockey operations for those teams because I think that's kind of the career path I want to go down top grad school number one choice if you had your wish where you where are you going where where potentially are you playing d1 oh I don't know I I, that's I that's a tough one I I'm still pretty early in that process of um applying to grad school um I'd say right now in my top I have like a top three um scenario um I really like RIT I really like Northeastern and I'd say my third would probably have to be um I really like UMaine but all of these are also primarily academically I haven't talked to any of these schools from a hockey perspective yet um just because I've pretty still pretty early in my research process I went through all the D1 women's hockey schools and then found the ones that had academic programs that I wanted to go to and then I ranked my schools based on solely their academic programs so here's a question and this might be a good transition do you have dreams aspirations to play in the WNHL oh I don't really know if the opportunity presented itself where I could you know, do that along with like, cause I know just where pay is right now, you can't do that as your full-time job. So right. if, if the opportunity were to arise where I could be working a full-time job and play, like I would definitely want to do that. Like I, hockey such a big part of my life and has been since I was four years old. Like I don't want to ever like stop being around hockey. Well, you know, everything that's going on with Eric and Ardini and Barstool and the WNHL, maybe Barstool Sports will have their own hockey league for women. How about that? Oh, that would be that would be so cool. And, and you know, I have student athletes on. You're an interesting uh, guest because I've known you for a long time and, and how we came about this. Obviously, uh, the goal for, for the student manager is to hopefully get on Barstool Sports as a Colby College student and a Barstool fan, what do we have to say to Dave Portnoy and Eric Nardini? Uh, this is an important topic. Lots, lots of people that uh, are listening to Barstool are probably around uh, high school, college age um, kids that this is an important thing they need to learn and hear about, and especially because Barstool does have such a big focus on athletics that this is kind of the market and these are the important conversations that a lot of kids struggle to have this information and listen to these experiences. And that's why I have this podcast, <laughs> right? You just well well said, well said, because a Colby College admission person or any college admission person is always going to say the good things, right? But I, that's why I love having guests on as students because they're telling the real life experience in the scenarios and if they had to do it all over again or you know some advice that they would give um we're finishing up here i always like to end like this uh if i said president of colby who's the president of colby david green yes sierra <laughs> we are like on a consecutive hit streak here this is like shutouts right so knowing david green's huge because this will help you as you uh, just you just know its connections and maybe as you get jobs, right, who your president is. But I know you're going to know this answer because you brought up, you didn't say his name specifically, but if I said the name of the athletic director, who is he? Mike Weiskopf. Who's George Sopko then? 
That's the old one. That's the old. Okay, so obviously I didn't do my research because I'm looking at athletic directors and I, it said or, George Sopko. No, in there. I so, don't even know. I don't. Wait, uh, I don't even think that's the old one. I no, Mike's Mike's our new one. Um, when's the last time you had a conversation with Mike? Four days ago. Sarah, keep those conversations going. As I tell everybody, it's who you know and it's networking. Yeah. Right. So, and that's why I'm glad you're on this podcast because you're learning and you learned a lot at New Hampton and now you're going to Colby. I'm just looking to follow you after because not only are we having the student manager, one of my other future uh, 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 dreams and vision is to having the hiring manager, hiring people because you only can play hockey for so long. You only can go to school for so long. So if there's one thing that you can tell any of my followers and listeners that maybe I haven't asked you, advice just a comment or statement what would it be this is a hard one um say really look at every option and every possibility like i didn't even know boarding school existed um and i wish i did and i didn't know that nezcac schools existed and i didn't know so many things especially from being from Southern California, you don't hear about these things here. It's like, oh, if you go to boarding school, you're considered like, oh, what did you do bad? Whereas if you're on the East Coast, you're like, everyone's trying to go to boarding school and really wants to get into these elite schools and trying to get into NESCACs where you say NESCAC in Southern California and everyone's like, what, what is that? Um, right, most people aren't gonna yeah. know. I know, cause I've, I've followed these schools. It's a D3. Yeah, um, so. I say, yeah, just really making sure you're, when you're looking at things, you look at every single possible thing and what what there is, what your options are, um, because you never know really what, some option that you never even thought existed could end up being something that changed your life. Number 30, the goalie between the pipes for Colby College, Sierra San Roman, joining me this has been a great podcast, Sierra. I'm glad you have been able to make it here in person because you're flying home tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Safe travels. Thank you. All right. And I want to thank our executive producer, Murph Cargis, uh, for engineering and producing this podcast. It is the student manager, Fonger News, out.